everyone. Welcome back to Life and Sport Podcast. And this is the first of many AFL collaborations that I've got coming up during the off-season. It is with the amazing Saints TV. If you guys are St. Kilda fans, they are absolutely the place to go to for all of your Saints news other than the official St. Kilda uh, pages. They run a ripper podcast. They have great news. They have great stuff on their Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere. Uh, The links to their you know, everywhere, really, their Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, everywhere that you can find them will be linked in the description of this episode. So before you guys go any further in this episode, hit pause, give us a five-star rating, and then head over to Saints TV, follow them, like, subscribe on all of their platforms, and then come back and listen to this 2022 Saints uh, you know, St. Kilda season recap. And first of all, thank you for joining me, Jake and Marshy, and welcome and plug your way talk about how you guys started up thanks for having us mate appreciate it <laughs> love your work so good to be on the show um yeah 2018 it was when we kind of kicked things off uh feels like it's gone by really quick hasn't it marshy it really has it really has yeah when, when did our little relationship start to blossom you i reckon, reckon i was saying off air to cj but i reckon it was late 2018 when that that first chance leaked on Twitter, the Tim Membry chant <laughs> oh, at the yeah, Carlton game, uh, yeah. insane in the membrane. When we, <laughs> I got sent that from someone, and when I, you know, when in fifty years time, and when Saints TV is obviously a billion dollar business, and they're like, <laughs> Jakey, where did it all start, and how did it come about? I'll be like, well, there was this video that <laughs> I got sent, uh, and it was Marshy chanting in all twenty nine, and um, that's kind of the first time we ever made contact, wasn't it? It took two years for us to really meet it was all just yeah, over facebook that, that we that's just it i was just a watcher from afar with all yeah. your, your live rundowns after the games and whatnot but yeah. secret admirer <laughs> <laughs> bit cute yeah, it was um, uh marshy yeah. mate talk, tell us about the inspiration behind starting the chance oh yip yip cj sorry thanks for having us yeah and, go uh, ahead yeah. but oh, i don't know like We've always felt that the atmosphere at the football is pretty stale and compared to like soccer, like let's be honest, the only good thing about soccer is the atmosphere because yeah. people aren't there to watch the goals because they really, they're few and far between. But yeah, you got to create the atmos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. But nah, I do like soccer. But um, yeah, and, and just in the AFL circles, you know, every cheer squad it's insert team clap 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 or if you want to get real smart with it you just give it the calling you know (laughs) so that that was to the point where we had to do something about it and we found a little niche where every player gets a a saintly hymn as we like to call it and yeah nice kicked off in about 2016 and um yeah just it's just a bit of fun so they kick a snag or there's a bit of break and play we let it rip and um the game continues to flow and let's be honest as saint supporters you kind of need to create your own fun from time to time <laughs> well over the last 10 years that's probably probably <laughs> accurate um, yeah. i personally am not a saint kilda fan obviously um jake knows this i am a collingwood fan for the for um for reference marshy so i apologize well i don't apologize for 2010 nah. but i do at the same time anyway no 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 collingwood's actually my second team believe it or not because, oh wow yeah my nan matilda she was a uh, mad collingwood so i do yeah. have Plenty of respect for the Collie Wobbles. 
Oh, we've been through it. <laughs> Holy fuck, <laughs> we've been through it. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about Collingwood this episode. We are here to talk about St Kilda and their season. So first of all, thank you very much for introducing yourselves. Let's get started because obviously the most recent thing that's happened for St Kilda is the draft. And honestly, it was a basically a textbook example of how to fucking draft, basically, from St Kilda. They got Matthias Philippou, James Van S, Ollie Houghton, and Isaac Keeler. Um, first of all, Jake, what are your thoughts on Matthias Philippou and being drafted to Saints? Oh, uh, he was the he was my pick of the bunch um, in the lead up to the draft, mate. So I'm absolutely stoked. It feels like we've got a number one draft pick a year yeah. early. You know, we got very lucky, and we haven't had the most luck in terms of draft, in terms of real footy luck in general, ever. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a good change, change of scenery for us. Um, like he was, if he was born a week ago, he would have been probably top two in next year's draft. So we've gotten, yeah. we've gotten a top player a year early, which is amazing. And I think Cam McKenzie was the other one that we we're looking at, but um, I think Philippo, or Philippo, sorry, Philippo, yeah, um, suits what we need the yeah. most out of any any player we could have drafted out of the whole pool. He would have been the one I would have picked. Ahead of Ashcroft, ahead of Cadman, I would have picked Filippo. Yeah, do you agree with that, Marshy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I was just thinking sort of like back when we drafted Caulfield and Clark at, what was it, eight and nine or seven and eight? Seven or and eight, yeah. <laughs> there was no height, like no disrespect to them, but no. there wasn't that kind of height, even with Nasiah Wangan and Miller last year. There wasn't that height with Filippo. No. So that, he kind of flew it, under the radar a little bit. Absolutely. But yeah. And then when, you know, he sort of landed at us, um, match made in heaven. And yeah. as much as I wanted McKenzie because he came up through our NGA and all of that, but um, if he had been available uh, and as well as Matthias, I, I think we probably would have wound up going with Matthias, to be honest. Mm. I, th- I think um, I heard somewhere that Ross has told Matthias that, mate, if we had pick one, we would have picked you. Oh, wow. yeah. Imagine hearing that from Ross Lyon. Wow. I've heard rumors that that's what he said. Imagine, imagine actually uh, like receiving that sort of message as that, Matthias Phillips. That'd like. boost you so much leading into your first season at, at the club, wouldn't it? Yeah, like he's already a confident kid, and some people yeah. have already taken a few. I love the cheeky that, jab but... he took at Essendon because fuck Essendon. Let's be honest, <laughs> <laughs> they're dogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we're happy that they took um, Satis ahead of him. So yep. cheers for that, Essendon. Um, but, like, I think, yeah, he just suits the mole. He's going to complement our other youngsters that we've got already with Windy, mm-hmm. Owens, Naz coming through, Kingy, yet to hit his prime. So I think um, we've wanted that Bond-type mid for a long time, that yep. size, 192. He's only 17. He's yeah, going to wow. grow taller. He's already 89 kilos, so he's He's, he's going to get taller and bigger. And bigger. He's already he's taller and bigger than... Paddy Cripps was when he was drafted at 18 years old. Yeah, wow. And Cripps is the prototype big, tall mid that everyone wants. So, um, yeah, we're just stoked to have him. That's fucking awesome. Um, and obviously, shout out to James Van S, Ollie Hodden, and Isaac Keeler yeah. for them. Obviously, I wanted to go with Mateus Filippo mainly because he's obviously the talk of um, the town for Saints at the moment. So let's go into the season rounds recap. Uh, so rounds 1 to 11. Um Somewhat easy, you could say, to talk about. So I'll get Jake to cover rounds one to eleven. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, it was it was a good, it was the best part of the year. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we were eight and three. I think at the bye, 
top four good. because Carlton just lost to Collingwood, I believe. And Fuck that yeah, they we did. Could take top four, which was great <laughs> on the day. I was very happy with that. So thank you, Collingwood. No worries. Um, but upon reflection, like in the moment, it was amazing. Like we were just riding every wave, weren't we, yep. Marshy? Like every win, oh, yeah. we were just kind of like, this is good. Just keep it rolling. But now that the season's done and dust, we've had a few months to kind of mull over it. When you look back on some of those wins, I don't know if Marshy concurs, but when he I look on the does. Geelong Geelong win, Richmond, Fremantle in Perth, we Adelaide. played Adelaide. We played 30 minutes of amazing football, and that was enough to win. Yeah. But it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't finals like football that you needed. And I think we were exposed, and Marshall cover it, but we were a bit exposed in the second half of the year when that luck just changed. We didn't get those bursts. We didn't no. kick goals. Um, and we we did have some injuries, but I think outside of that, like we just completely dropped off what Saints footy was about and the season kind of fell away from there. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Marshy, would you sort of agree with all of that? Yeah, 100%. And it was painful because uh, we were You were seduced. going so well. We're, oh, we're going all right, but it was we were actually showing some identity that we hadn't seen since Ross left mm. that – um, you know, we were down, but we could play, like Jake said, 30 minutes of footy, and that got us over the line in quite a few games. And that said to us that, you know, we can actually dig in, scrap it out, which the good teams have to be able to do. But upon reflection, it was probably just papering over some cracks and yeah, we, yeah proof was in the pudding. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and obviously, rounds 12 to 22 didn't necessarily go the way that you guys would have hoped. Um, and Marshy, yeah, I'll get you to cover a little bit of like if there's a standout game or two from round 12 to 22. Jeez, that yeah. right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know, we came back from the bye and the season was done against Brisbane because we lost uh, Mitch Owens, who had been really good as a first-year player until that point. Bit of a barometer for such a young fellow, just with his intensity mm. and yep. the, the the biggest sort of, you know, leader in that space was D-Mac, uh, yep. Daniel McKenzie, who, yeah, he, he also got KO'd and then we lost Saki Jones as well in that game. So we'll right up against it uh, with Brizzy. They were a little bit wasteful, but like the the eight games we had won prior to that, we sort of scrapped and kept ourselves in the game. And yeah, the wheels kind of fell off after those few blokes and particularly D-Mac went down and we didn't see D-Mac for the rest of the season. I, I don't no. think, did we Jake? Nah, no. Nah. And yeah, that just set the tone. I think we followed that game up with uh, Essendon and oh. um, for the second year in a row, just put in a really putrid performance and made Essendon look like a top four team where in reality they are a bottom four team. Easily. Easily so, they were. Um, for that to happen, yeah, there, there were warning bells. So yep. uh, then what else happened in the season? We lost Paddy against the Doggies where, again, we got smacked by them. Um, and we set some really uncomfortable records yeah. for that second half of the year. I can't mm. remember off the top of my head, but. And I don't some... think you want to either. No, no, no. But like <laughs> one of them, which harked back, I think it might have been Sydney where we got done up there and it was our lowest score under rats. It was our lowest oh. score up until like, I don't know, half time or something mm. since 2014, which oh, we finished, right. you know, bottom of the ladder that season. 
So it was just pointing to a really poor football team, disorganised. We had some good wins along the way that, um, you know, against Carlton, we thought we sort of arrested that, um, you know, poor momentum and got our season on track, but then followed it up the following week against Frio where we were dominating them in the first half but couldn't take our opportunities and then they just blew us out of the water. Yep. Coaching, there was no answers and um, just couldn't mix it up. And, yeah, on the podcast, like we spoke about it throughout the season where we were really sort of confused and a bit disenchanted with what we were seeing or the lack of moves on, from the coaching. And, yeah, as we know, with the big review, um, <laughs> we were pretty much on point without blowing mm. smoke up the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, cap it off. We, we still somehow were still in the finals contention and uh, kicked ourselves out of the game. I think it was Brisbane where yep. – was it was it Maxi kicked like five five behinds or something like that? Yeah, one six or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, so that was poor and that could have got us over the line. And Sydney, you know, we, we put in a really good performance and – to our, you know, St Kilda luck, we had Daniel Hanabry play his best game in his last game. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. yeah, three votes, Dan Hanabry. So, um, yeah, that that was closure, seeing him just yeah. leave our retirement village. Yep. So that was nice. And then we had Benny Long who put in his career best game and was disenchanted with uh, what was coming from up top and decided to take his opportunities elsewhere up at the Gold Coast. Yeah, so, no, nah, that's that's fair enough. Well, there are rumors, obviously, that Hanbury is coming out of retirement and going to the Gold Coast, but we won't really <laughs> we won't really cover that too much because it's still only rumors at the moment. Oh, um, you watch, you'll play eighteen games. Yeah, he'll you play more and, games in one season at the Gold Coast than he yeah. did at the Saints. And he'll, and, and he'll stay so fit, he'll get a Brownlow or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but enough of that. Um, Dan yeah. Hanbury talk. Obviously, before we get stuck into the standout players of the season. Um, I did have this listed towards the the end of the topics, but it's a better topic for now. Coach signings. Obviously, Ross Lyon is back at St. Kilda. Obviously, there was a bit of rumours, a bit of murmurs, but now it's obviously well and truly official. He is back at the club. And obviously, he's brought in some old experienced heads with, you know, Robert Harvey, Lenny Hayes, Brendan Goddard, obviously legends of the club, in my opinion, as well. So what are your guys' thoughts on, first of all, Ross Lyon re-signing and you know, being the back hat St. Kilda from, I think personally, obviously I'll, my two cents worth is as a non St. Kilda fan, it's nothing but dangerous for every other club because Ross Lyon was the last time, like was a coach the last time St. Kilda were dangerous. You know, they played us twice, obviously in one season in the grand final, they were in the grand final the year before that. And Ross Lyon was at the helm. So I don't know, speaking of a, as a non Saints fan, it's, worrying times if that makes sense and what are your guys' thoughts and hopes you know for Ross so far I'll go across over to Marshy because Jake oh, took yeah. over first just beforehand yeah no oh love it absolutely love having Ross the boss come back in and everything feels whole again to be yeah. fair it, it's it's a bit of an unorthodox move but the club starting with like Jeff Walsh you know yeah. um you'd be able to concur sort of firsthand the the kind of operator he is and absolutely success seems to follow him wherever he goes so he early days we're not relevant he wants to help us become relevant and yep. 
a bit more ruthless and and well with that ruthlessness sorry to interrupt real quick but ross lyon as i i said yesterday when we recorded earlier but my audio was dog shite he's a coach (laughs) that calls a spade a spade he'll tell you when you're doing shit he'll tell you when you need to lift though and he'll tell you when you're doing great at the same time that's it i I just think there'll be no confusion you'll know exactly where you stand so um that's going to be refreshing and um yeah, like I'm just so stoked, and to be able to get all the boys back that you mentioned, yeah, it's just a completely different look, and we kind of backed ourselves in the corner where, from the president, CEO to you know everyone that's been brought in, like it, imagine telling Harvey or Hayes in particular that they're not performing or whatever mm. that, or you know, it's that that's just not going to happen. That no. they can't let it happen. So. We're, we're, we're punching out of the corner and that's when Saints footy's at its most dangerous, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake, mate, do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, uh, Marshy kind of nailed it there. But yeah, I think um, when I like read, read the comments initially when it was first announced, a lot of, you know, there were a lot of Saints fans out there that were pretty keen to just, you know, ditch the memberships for next year to <laughs> like full on, like sending me, long letters saying like what are we doing this is ridiculous ross ross bailed on us and a lot of the you know the content over that period when i knew i had a fair idea that ross was going to be announced was kind of educating a lot of the those supporters on i guess the story of how we left last time because not a lot of people know the full story and that st kilda were the main culprit there they stuffed up big time you know this is a guy that took them to four or five prelims, two grand finals, a draw in about four years. And they weren't really sure if they wanted to commit long-term to him. Like, that's, Even though he'd made take, even take, he'd taken them to grand finals yeah, and prelims. Yeah. That's Most someone I'd want to commit to. Absolutely. And when that doesn't happen in any job, of course, you're going to look for other opportunities, whether it's for more money or just more security, which he had young kids, young daughters at the time, I believe. So he wanted that safety. Um, which is totally understandable. Yeah. So I think a lot of them have come around a little bit now um, since then with yeah. the appointments of Goddard, Harvey, Hayes, uh, Jeff Walsh kind of officially starting, the draft now happening. Um, there's been a lot of other boxes that he's helped tick since his appointment already yeah. in only a month that a lot of those people have, have done a full a full flip on their opinion and uh, very, very excited. And it's really fitting for year 150 next year that yeah. we have all of these boys back and it is sentimental. Some people will say it's just sentiment, but they also come with a lot of experience. Which exactly. Is and as you said, some people are trying to call the whole, oh, cause it's year 150 next yeah. year. That's why I don't think so. I think that that's a cop out to try and say that about St. Kilda doing, you know, obviously they are bringing back the legends, Ross Lyon, Robert Harvey, mm. all them, but it's, it's just purely coincidental that it's yeah. year 150 that they've been signed. Yeah, like, exactly. It right. could be year 170 or year 160. And if they, you know, it'd still be the same outcome for yeah. next year. Yeah. They didn't sack rats. At the time, because they wanted to do something for 150. It no, just, no. It just, they're not Essendon. <laughs> no, it just, it just timed that way. It just timed yeah. that way. And like, to be honest, uh, yeah, we're all a bit shocked that Rats got the sack because I think I mentioned maybe off air yesterday or something. But um, like, we kind of thought that it was the coaches under him that would shuffle around, didn't we, yeah. Marshy? We thought maybe he'd get a few more assistants, we'd yeah. shuffle around the fitness coaches. The recruitment, not a whole strategy, bloody overhaul, not a whole overhaul from the absolute top. But 
That's what, what St. Kilda did that shocked us. And I think it shocked the AFL world because yeah, I was they like, had the what? balls to do it. They had the balls to do it. And we haven't had the balls to do things like that ever. Yeah. And it's it's about time it happened. And um and if yeah. not, if not now, when sort exactly. of thing anyway. Well, it would have been round five next year where bottom of the ladder, and then you you make these changes mid-season, and then the season's a write-off at that point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime you get interim and all that sort of yeah, shit. Exactly I'd rather have right. it happen now for a club. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, um, they didn't mess around, which is great. No, absolutely. And so let's get stuck into our standout player of 2022 for St. Kilda. Um, obviously, you guys followed St. Kilda season a lot more closely than I did, uh, so I'll let you guys decide that. I'll go ahead with Jake first this time. Who's your standout player of 2022? Uh, I think I think it, for me it'd be pretty obvious. I think yep. Sinks is definitely the standout player for 2022. He made yep. the All Australian team off the rookie list. Where's the number 35? Um, and he's a top bloke. We had him on the potty a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, actually. And um, the link to that will be in the description below for anyone who wants to check that out. Yep. And yeah, that was the night before he won the BNF, the Trevor Barker Medal, which is well deserved. And um, I think no doubt next year we'll probably see him pushed more into the midfield um, yep. with Hunter Clark, maybe Nassai Wanganin Malira taking up those halfback positions. Um, but yeah, and I Robert think, Harvey coming in. And yeah. Robert Harvey obviously coming in and saying, well, the 35's got to be in the guts. Yeah. Uh, which makes total <laughs> sense. So I think Sinks to me is is the, um, the obvious choice for, for standout player. Fair enough. Would you concur with that, Marshy, or do you have someone else in mind? Oh. No, nah, just to be a bit. I, I do concur. Like yep. Sinclair was amazing, and and just quickly him coming onto the potty that it, it shows what kind of bloke he is. Mm. The night before best and fairest, that he's widely expected to win it. Comes yep. into the studio just to do it for the Saints, so he's a good man. Um, but just to be a bit different, I reckon D Mac Daniel McKenzie. Mm. Yep, he he was the barometer for Saints footy this season, and we sorely sorely missed him. So he he's. Yeah, uh, he, he would get my nod, actually, yeah. for most improved. Because okay. Sinks, Sinks had a really good year last year as well, didn't he, Jake? Yeah, yeah. I think he was um, – I think he would have been top three, top four in the BNF last year. He won the Robert Harvey Award um, <laughs> yeah. anyway last year. So there was that trajectory of improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he just took it to a, a completely new level this oh, year. He did. Yeah, uh, all Australian, definitely. obviously, halfback. And there were a lot of good halfback flankers this year. So yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if he snuck on the bench. But to get him on the field, even Jack Steele couldn't get on the field the last couple of years. So <laughs> yeah. for Sinks to do it was um, yeah, testament to, to his, his level. He played every 100%. game amazingly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we've got two-ish, three-ish more topics left. We've got the AFLW season, which I'll get Marshy to cover all of that. Uh, but before we do that, who's the player that needs to lift? For 2023, you know, like someone who, if they don't have a 2023 good season, they're goodbye for 2024. Start off with Marshy for that one. Oh, I reckon it's easily Zach Jones. I think he had a, a, you know, interrupted season. He missed a few games with sort of personal leave and just wasn't able to, to fire at what we know he's capable of. And for us to be... You know, a line-breaking team, aggressive. We need we need him fit and available and playing his best football. So I yep. reckon Zachy Jones, uh, Ross is he's going to love having Ross in particular. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so you reckon it. Ross will get the best out of him next season, sort of thing? A hundred percent. He's got a track record of getting the best out of every player on his list, and yep. Zach Jones has already got 
a very seasoned foundation and Rossi, he, he wants us to be a quick, you know, he, he, he understands football and he knows that to, to, to compete at the level, you need to be aggressive and quick on the outside. And we haven't got a huge amount of um, speed, but Jones is definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And Jake, who do you think needs to lift to, you know, can, to be able to stay on in 2024 from next season? Uh, one of them would have been Zachy Jones, but I think the other one too, and he's only got next year on his contract is Higo. So those two are kind of the interesting ones. Um, they've only got the one year left. So I think Higo, he had a good start to this year, but there were a lot of games in the back end and he's not the only one that was like this. There were a lot of players that went missing in games, but, um, he's a bit of a barometer in that forward line for us when he's on, when he kicks a couple of goals early, we usually win the game. Uh, but there was a lot of the time where he's there was a lack of pressure, lack of intensity, um, rushing. Like you know, he in round one he could have handballed, but he didn't. There were other opportunities in other games where he'd pe- he'd take a shot, which you want you want your smalls to to back themselves. But at the same time, you got to take the best option too. And yeah. I think there were a lot of occasions where he probably rushed rushed his moment with the footy. Um, and then the other player, loosely, just because of the off season and the potential that, you know, of him being traded to North and all the talk about him and his injuries and, and the potential that he does have that we all know he has Hunter Clark as well. And that's yeah. the player that Lenny Hayes is most excited to, to work with. He came yeah. out a couple of weeks ago and mentioned that. So I think um, he's, he's one of my one to watch uh, next year. Um, and then the one that I really want to lift yeah, is, is Higo. I think it's a big year for, for him. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely agree with that. Obviously, I didn't watch the Saints season as much as you guys did, but I definitely agree with both of those players that you guys agree with, Zach Jones and and Hugo. They definitely didn't shine when they could have and probably should have. Um, So let's get stuck into the AFLW season. Jake obviously let me know that Marshy is all over it like flies on poop or hair (laughs) on soap uh, when it comes to the Saints AFLW. So I'll just honestly give Marshy the floor to talk about the <laughs> AFLW season, the standout player and the player that needs to lift. Take it away, Marshy. Yeah, I no, love it, love it. Um, oh, I reckon it was we were one of the teams that were, we were victims of the expansion with all yep. the new clubs coming in. And, you know, we finished bottom of the Victorian teams in season six, but we didn't have a draft pick until, you know, well in the teens. So they obviously got ate up by all the new teams. Um, yep. And yeah, so for a young team that's already struggling, that doesn't help. But that said, you know, we did take care of the expansion teams or at least three of them. Uh, we didn't play Essendon, but started off on a, a really high note against uh, Sydney and then yep. Hawthorne. And then it just, you know, coming up against the season teams, it's it's a really unbalanced competition at the moment. And it is. It's something they really need to work out how they can, you know, change that. But, you know, one thing that you, you really can't question is the the, the care and, um, sorry, I just got someone call and that's a decline. Um, <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> uh, one thing you can't question is the girls' commitment to the jumper no. and playing for each other and, and just being really appreciative of being in an AFL environment. So, um you know, there was plenty of 
really positive um, improvements over the season. You had the, the likes of uh, Molly McDonald, who finished third in the best and fairest and won the best emerging young player. And she yep. missed quite a few games during the season. So uh, she's a ripper. And then you see the likes of like Alice Burke um, take her game to the next level. Um, Nathan Burke's daughter, yep. who's playing at home. Um or Sainers would know that. But then you got <laughs> shitty Kate Shearlaw, um, wind back the clock and put in her best, her best season, won the best and fairest. And um, you know, she she's uh yeah, just a true leader down there. Um, who else was, you know, I- injuries as well, like mm. with Erin McKinnon, she was a boom recruit from the Giants, but um copped a real nasty hit and was out against Geelong and then was out for the rest of the season. And then her replacement, uh, Sim Nalda, came into the ruck and did really well, but she too had a concussion issues. So we're pretty decimated from that point. Um, the game against your mob, Collingwood, that was yep. probably one of our best games for the year. Where, absolutely it uh, was. <laughs> Unfortunately, mate, but that, yeah, absolutely it oh. was. <laughs> Oh, gee. So Nick, yeah, Nick Stevens missing that goal. Like, you, you know, you feel so bad for her. The amount of sleep she would have lost. And probably still that. loses over that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was so rough. But you I, know, I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, even a Collingwood player or not. Like, nah. that's the sort of stuff that the, the sports psychs come into because that sort of moment is that will play in your head for years, yeah. sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, that's it. But, you know, the girls rallied around her and, and Steve-O, she's a champion. So, um, yeah, she, I, she got over it pretty quick, but she was just hurt. She let the team down. But that was a really good game. It and was. The, um, we finished off the – I suppose the main point I'd like to make is – because I do the podcast with Nat Exxon and she yep. gives us some really good insights as to what's going on behind closed doors and – we got smacked by Geelong. That was a really disappointing game. Um, our biggest ever score conceded and just a lot of our value points. It wasn't, you know, put it It didn't happen. And they kind of refocused their vision for the remaining three games of the year, which is just to be really aggressive and ruthless and, you know, just back themselves in. And they did that. Yeah. And whilst we didn't, well, we rolled port. That was good. Everyone and... loves rolling port, men's or women's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we do. So, um, and then finished off against um, Adelaide Crows, who are just an elite outfit. And yep. we didn't win that game, but geez, um, they they were really sore afterwards, Adelaide, and you know, um, just capped off a good headway for yeah. next season. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and who's your standout player of the season and player that needs to lift for next season in the yeah. AFLW? Standout player, or who was it? I'd have to say Shitty, like Kate yeah. Sheilor. She was uh, really refreshing to watch. Like she's always been, um, you know, she's been there since day dot of the competition. Mm-hmm. But for her to wind back the clock and, well, not even wind back the clock, just continue to improve yeah. and do what she did. Um, yeah, she she was my favourite to watch, I reckon. Yep. And um, player who needs to lift, it has to be the G-Train, Caitlin Greiser, because, yep. you know, she won the, the competition, you know, goal-kicking award in our first season. And the area that she needs to lift, she's got sublime skills, but and she's got she's got a good rig that 
you know, she's a powerful player, but she's too nice. And yeah. uh, there, there wouldn't be many players in the competition that aren't afraid to stand in her, you know, in her runway. Yeah. And that needs to change. And I think that's a part of her game that she really needs to work on. Because if she does that, then yeah, she'll be unstoppable. She, unstoppable. Yeah. She's yeah. got a beautiful kick. She's got, yeah, like I said, it's good. She's got all the tools and she's, but she's just got that one area that, and I think overall, the, like I said before, that was their big focus to be a bit aggressive. more aggressive. Yeah. So that's what I want to say. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that about really wraps up the season um, recap uh, for both the AFL and the AFLW teams. So I've got one last topic before we do the outro, and that is what is your guys' pass mark for St. Kilda at the end of next season? Like, if, Which is obviously a uh, really obvious question, but for anyone who's listening at home and doesn't understand what pass mark is, basically where do you guys see, uh, like basically, I don't really know how to explain it, but What's a fail and where do you guys see the season being a success point? Like where on the ladder or, you know, how many wins sort of thing do you guys see as a Ross line and the coaching staff have passed for next season? Hmm. I mean, finals would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, percentage is a good indicator of um, yeah. that sort of thing when we kind of just forget about wins and losses and whether we make finals, but percentage is really important because yep. it shows not only when you win, how you're winning, but most importantly, when you're losing, are you getting flogged? Yeah. And our percentage was pretty average. Like we started the season well, and I think by the buy it was 120 or something. It was good, but that was just more keeping other teams to pretty minimal scores and, and kicking good scores ourselves. But in the second half, it dropped into the 90s or something. Like yep. that was a more of a reflection on where we're at. And that was probably the 10th, 11th or 12th, even worst percentage. And that's where we finished ultimately on the ladder. So I want a percentage above 105 Yep. and wherever that takes us, I don't know, but you're definitely a chance for making finals with any percentage around 105 or more. Yep. I think most teams in the top eight, apart from maybe one had yep. that. So yeah, 105 or more and probably yeah, if I had to pick wins, 11 plus wins would be great. Yeah, sweet. And what about yourself, Marshy? Where's the pass mark for you? Um, yeah, I reckon we can't do worse than uh, this season in terms yeah. of more in terms of our identity. Uh, yeah. If by the end of Ross's first season back in charge with all, all the new coaches and systems, if we don't by the end of the year have something that we can clearly identify on where we want to go, what, you know, what traits are obvious to just the fans, because I think that's one of the things we look for and that's what costs Ratten his job. That's what yep. costs Richo his job mm. that, oh, you know, that there wasn't an identity. So yep. uh, that would be the biggest one for me. Um, I'd love it for us to be able to come out and, because we see it in patches of games where the first five minutes you are, we're in for Saints footy today. Yeah. So the boys have come switched on. So I'd like us to be able to be switched on for every game that we play and whether that's a win or a loss, I don't really, well, I do care. I'd rather us win, but I would like, 
you know, the fact that we lost was because the other team were just better than us, mm. not because we weren't competitive or we had these lapses where they allow the team to just kick five, six goals unanswered. Um, yep. So, yeah, essentially, Rust is just be a tough team to play against. And, and that's where, yeah, I agree with Jakey's sort of percentage because that does capture it from a sort of an analytical point. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up the uh, collaboration episode of us. So Life and Sport with Saints TV. First of all, I want to thank you guys both for joining us and also a big shout out to Joycey who joined yes. us yesterday in the failed uh, recording for myself. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Uh, but big, big shout out to Joycey. He is a massive Saints tragic. Um, I mean, I can't help him with that, but that's but that's his own, no that's one his, that's his own thing. No. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much, Marshy and Jake and anyone who's still listening. Thank you for tuning in for the whole episode and be sure to go and check out Saints TV on everywhere. The links are in the description of this episode on Facebook and also Spotify, Apple, everywhere and anywhere you get your fix of life and sport, you'll be able to get your fix of Saints TV. Stop.